your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. Welcome to those not watching on Facebook to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom, Lexi Donarski, an Aquinas graduate and a shooting guard, starting shooting guard for the North Carolina women's basketball team is going to join me in a little bit. I'm going, this is where I hijack a news talk radio show and bring in a sports star and we do a little sports show. She's going to come on in just a couple of minutes and we'll see how long we talk to her. And, and it's not just going to be about sports. It's going to be about sports, but kind of in a, in a broader range a little bit in terms of she's in a unique situation where she has uh, gone through the transfer portal now. College athletes can easily, more easily transfer to different schools. And she has done that over the summer. She took like 18 credits so she could graduate. 18 credits. I don't know how she did that. We'll have to ask her how she did that. At Iowa State, she went to and she transferred to North Carolina. And now she's part of a North Carolina team that actually just, it's kind of bad timing because they just dropped out of the top 25, but they had a stretch of a couple of big games recently where where that just is going to happen. That's just college basketball for you. But they've consistently been in the top 25. And what's cool about having her come on now is, although maybe next week would have been cooler, is they're going to be at Duke. So Cameron Indoor Stadium. She plays for North Carolina, so you know how this works. It's uh, it's the rivalry game, and it's on Super Bowl Sunday, so I feel like people are going to be crazy. <laughs> so their gym has been crazy in the past, too. Uh, and also, I just want to talk about like maybe the rise of women's basketball and, and how she is a part of that, which has got to be pretty cool for a Division One athlete to be part of this rise of, on Division One basketball. Also, she's played Caitlin Clark. So we talked with the mayor on Monday, just kind of threw this out without any like precursor or anything. I asked the mayor who we thought the most popular athlete in the world was right now, or at least in the U.S. And he thought about it for a second and he was like, Caitlin Clark? And I was like, yeah, I think it is, and which is amazing because we're headed into the Super Bowl. So that interview is coming up. I don't know if she's got a bounce after the first segment or not. We'll see. But after that, I think I got to talk and maybe Brad Williams can come in here because he talked to the lacrosse school board president yesterday. We got to talk about the school board cross school district situation here they are or are not closing schools now they're just changing the plan i have some thoughts uh we'll be back in a minute all right welcome back to lacrosse talk pm i am rick solom on the phone with me now is lexi donarski she is a senior at north carolina she's a starting shooting guard for the women's basketball team there this is kind of like a great time and the worst time to have you, Lexi, because you guys just played a bunch of ranked teams and it's been tough. And I, you play the number five team and then the number seven team and like in, within three days of each other. So you, you guys are on a losing streak. Had I done this when I wanted to last week, you would have been on an awesome winning streak. So my bad on that. <laughs> but you transferred to North Carolina. You played your first couple of years, your first three years at Iowa State. You're an Aquinas grad. I should give your bio a little bit. An Aquinas grad. Let me see. You went to state all four. Four years, won two state championships, yep. but like the last year you didn't get to get to the state championship, right? Because of COVID, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. The last year was canceled after the semis. You just want to talk about that experience? Like, I mean, the, the epitome of high school girls basketball, right? Your team has gone to state every year and then COVID shuts it down. I, I, I'm sure you guys cried, huh? Oh, yeah. That was a rough week. We won the state semifinals on a Thursday. And then at about 11 p.m. that night, we found out that they were canceling the rest of the tournament after we had just played a game at State. Um, so that was a really tough week or even more for the team, um, especially coming back off of winning a state championship, just wanting to go back and do that again. But, yeah, that was definitely a hard time for us. 
and the next year you go to Iowa State. But going to Iowa State wasn't anything out of the blue because a lot of a lot of kids, I think, junior senior year, they start to get into the recruiting process, and these teams covet them, and then you know offer them scholarships, and then but around that time you kind of know where you're going. You knew before you played high school basketball where you were going to play college. 14 yeah, years I old, did. you committed. Do you look back on that and go, that was really weird? I, I don't know if I would have did that the same as I did, you know, the first time? Oh, no. I, I think I would have done it the same because that was where I knew that I wanted to go. I mean, from a young age, growing up watching men's and women's basketball at Iowa State, it was a place that I wanted to play at. And so, yeah, I, looking back, I'm not surprised that that's what my family and I decided to do. Am I missing something there? Did, like, mom or dad go to Iowa State and that's what it was and I just don't know this? No, they didn't, but my dad coached the men's head coach when he was in high school. And there's been a couple local players that went and played there on the men's side, Matt Thomas and Scott Christopherson. Yeah. So growing up, like, they were always around my house working out. And, yeah, so we would go up and watch them play. And just we were always in that environment. I always think it's weird. Like, okay, you picked Iowa. Of all the places in the country you could go play, like, why doesn't everyone just go to Hawaii? Like, why don't you just take the full <laughs> ride and go play at Hawaii? Like, why? You know, Hawaii should be the best team in the country every year. Yeah, they should be. Like, what is up with that? Do you ever, you, you guys ever think of that? Like, maybe we should all went to Hawaii or like UCLA or somewhere where it's nice out. You went to Iowa, Lexi. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I was used to the Midwest weather, though. Those winters are very similar to what they were in Wisconsin. So what I learned, I, I watched an interview you did on the North Carolina page. What I learned is, okay, so you graduated from Iowa State over the summer. So you took yes, eight, I did. did you, you took 18, I don't know if they were online or if you could go to class during the summer. How do you take like a whole semester's worth of classes in three months? Yeah, there's two summer terms there. So I took nine credits in the first in summer one and then nine credits in summer two. Um, and then I was able to graduate in August at the same time that I was starting my master's program. Okay, did you get good grades or was it like just awful? I did. Awful? Yeah, no. Was, my, my also, was it, really it, drop it all. was it awful? Was it awful to take um, that many credits that short a time? Yeah, some weeks were worse than others just when the assignments were doing stuff, because summer classes just move so fast in general. It's like you're taking a whole semester and cramming it into half the amount of weeks that it normally would be, so they just move fast. The exams come up quicker and stuff. But, um, I mean, overall, summer is the downtime of basketball season, so I definitely did have the time to do it. We're speaking with Lexi Donarski. She's an Aquinas grad. Are you a lacrosse native, or are you originally, like, from on Alaska, somewhere just on the outskirts? Yeah, I grew up. My my parents still live in Alaska, but okay. I always went to Aquinas. So I should be saying on Alaska native, right? Probably, yeah. Okay. I, 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 way, at one point, at one point, I knew that, but then I just kind of forgot. So on Alaska native, Aquinas grad, went to Iowa State, graduated, taking a ridiculous amount of credits, and then transferred to North Carolina. Now, as you get your master's, I think your MBA at North Carolina. Can you describe for us what it's like to? to go through a transfer portal. This is something, this is kind of a new concept for a lot of people probably listening, uh, where college players can transfer a lot easier than, you know, I think maybe most of us are used to that are, you know, 40 and over. We just, you have to stay at the school. I think a lot of us grumble about, you have to stay at the school you went to. Yeah, I mean, the process was kind of crazy overall. There's this, you're on the phone for so many hours a day. Those first, like, week or two, and especially for someone like me, I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I want to go to one of these two schools going in. So, yeah, so I think that made it even more difficult because schools that were interested in me that I was also interested in, I had to have a lot of conversations with those places and watch games from a lot of those different schools just to see where I thought the best fit for myself would be. Um, So that was definitely a crazy couple weeks for sure, but... 
for me, I feel like the process did move along pretty quickly, and I was able to go on my visit, and, yeah, I was happy that I ended up at Carolina. All right, so you're you're at North Carolina. First of all, my friend says, have you ever eaten at Sutton's? I have not, but my parents have before a game one time. Okay, so apparently you need to go do that just so before yeah, you – Yeah, I'll check it out. And are you, are you going to be there next year too at North Carolina because it's a two-year degree? Yeah, I still do have my COVID year of eligibility. Oh, you do? Okay, so you're like red shirt COVID. No, you wouldn't be a red shirt, but you're like a you're kind of like a red shirt senior then. So yeah, I'm like yeah, a COVID senior. A COVID senior. It sounds weird to say <laughs> it like that. I didn't know that. I guess that that's awesome. So you have you have another year about. Okay, so we're gonna have to talk more. Then we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bug you more because one of my questions was gonna be like, what do you do after this? I mean, is there? Do you think about? And maybe you do. Like down the road, even after next year, do you think about playing basketball beyond college? Yeah, I think I'm going to try. I mean, I, I don't know why I wouldn't at this point. I just want to continue to get better, though, because I still have a lot of season ahead of me now, and I still even have a COVID year after that. So that's the only thing that I'm really focused on at this moment. Right, for sure. Okay, so I would would it, would it be fair to describe you as like a 3 and D player? Um... Probably, yeah. Probably, I know that that takes out a lot of your skills. You're not just you're not Bruce Bowen out there. I don't know if you know if Bruce Bowen is from the Spurs, but your focus is like you're going to hit threes on offense, and the team is going to depend on you to play a lot of defense. So what I'm what I'm getting at is before you transferred to North Carolina for three seasons, you played at Iowa State, and I asked the mayor on Monday just out of the blue. I didn't, uh, Lexi, I didn't ask, I didn't give him any clues. I asked him who the most popular athlete in the in the U.S. is right now, and he thought about it for a second. And he's like Caitlin Clark, maybe. And I was like, yeah, I think she is. And it's Super Bowl week, Lexi. So it, it's kind of crazy how women's sports has come to the forefront of all of sports in a way. And Caitlin Clark's the most popular player. Do you regret a little bit that you aren't still at Iowa State to, to witness this phenomenon firsthand of all these stadiums selling out watching Caitlin Clark? Because you've, you've been through this. I don't know. Like, what was that experience like? You've played her in college three times. Yeah, I've played her a lot throughout my career. I played her my sophomore and junior year in high school. I played her in AAU, and then I played her all three years in college. I mean, she's a great player. She's definitely done a lot for the game, just bringing attention to women's sports and women's basketball. So she's a lot of fun to watch. So do you kind of hope, like, I hope we get Iowa in the NCAA tournament a little bit? Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll see where everything falls out. Do you talk to her at all? Are you friends? I mean, are you friendly at all? No, we don't really talk. The The rival between Iowa and Iowa State was pretty strong, so we were always on opposite sides of that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I just want to bring this up. You've played Caitlin Clark in college three times, so I can't go and look at your AAU stats, obviously, but I can see the box scores. The three times, and I don't know, like maybe you didn't guard her the whole time or all three years, but you were the defensive player of the year two times at Iowa State your first two years. And I, I would imagine that they would put you on Caitlin Clark, but in her career against you, she's shooting 40.5% from the field, and she's averaging six turnovers a game. Now, she's averaging 26 points a game. That's just what Caitlin Clark does. She averages like 35 points a game this year. 26 points a game, but only on 40% shooting, and six turnovers a game. That's That's got to feel pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, I I was on her most of the game when we used to play them. Yeah, I mean, she's just a great player, and... She shoots the ball a lot, so you just got to know that it's coming and that she's very talented. So I just always would try to take away the things that she would want to do, but she's so versatile and can score in such a variety of ways. Yeah, I feel like you did a good job. I feel like people should be watching old Iowa State games to see how Lexi Donarski <laughs> guarded Caitlin Clark because you six turnovers a game. I don't. I know she she handles the ball a lot and gets is is probably going to get a lot of turnovers just because of that. But that's, I feel like that's too many. You can't be averaging six turnovers a game. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
part of that's probably just the environment and the hype around those rivalry games too. Was was the crowds at all this the, like you see on TV now with with Iowa? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's a little bit of another level, but the crowds had to be pretty crazy because obviously Iowa versus Iowa State. You probably witnessed that before the rest of the country. Yeah, well, my freshman year was COVID, so there were no fans at any games anywhere. Yeah, but. Like last year, it was a sellout when we played at Iowa. Uh, what was that like? Anything? Have you experienced anything like that? I know there a couple of weeks ago there was North Carolina was a sellout too, and it was pretty crazy there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like just the crowd and the fan base around women's basketball as a whole has just grown so much that a lot of these games are sellouts. Like the fans in the ACC, there's been a lot of games that we played in that have had great crowds at them. Do you feel like this is like a pretty awesome time to be a woman athlete because of just everything that's going on and how I feel like this is just the first step in, in women's sports just coming to the forefront. We see a there's a professional volleyball league now and obviously the games in college are more popular. I think women's college basketball is more popular than men's right now. Oh yeah, I mean, it's the best time to be a female athlete for the kids growing up just watching this and seeing the success that all these famous women are having now in basketball and in sports in general. It's just a great time to be a college athlete and to just continue to impact the game and grow. Sticking with the crowds, you haven't experienced this. I don't know if you asked teammates how this is going to go, but come Sunday, you guys are at Duke. So you're at Cameron Indoor Stadium, I believe. It's Super Bowl Sunday, so I feel like I don't know if the crowd will be just a little bit rowdier because this will be pre, because it's uh, you know pre-Super Bowl. But uh, what are your expectations, and, and how excited are you as a North Carolina athlete to be playing at Duke this weekend? Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, it's the first time that I'll be playing in that North Carolina-Duke rivalry game, so I'm really excited about it. Um, I I don't really know what to expect since I haven't played there, but my teammates have said that it's always a very fun atmosphere and that there's crazy loud crowds. I, I believe it's already sold out, I think, so yeah. um, it should be a lot of fun and just a lot of energy. Do you ever just sit down and go, okay, i got to take all of the things that I've experienced into perspective and cherish all these things that are happening? Because A, you experienced COVID at the height of COVID, at the height of girls basketball, right? Like you were going to win yeah. another state championship and then you lost that. B, yeah. you, you went and played at Iowa State as a freshman. You started Defensive Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year. C, you played Caitlin Clark, who is the world's most popular athlete, or at least the U.S.'s most popular athlete right now. And you shut her down. And D, now you're going to play at Duke, which is maybe in college basketball, the the, you know, the pinnacle of where somebody would want to play a college basketball game, and you just said it's going to be sold out. I think maybe you just need to sit down and go, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of reflecting. I'm very happy to be where I am and to just be able to play in these types of games, in these atmospheres, and at this time when women's sports just is continuing to grow and draw more attention. Now, obviously, you were at Iowa State. It's pretty close to lacrosse. Not not that close, but pretty close. All your family can come to the games. Now you're on the, you're on the East Coast. There, does family get out to the games? Do you miss family? Are they are they flying out all the time, or do they just crash and stay there for the week when you have a bunch of games? How does that work? Yeah, they're definitely flying out all the time. Um, they're they're at almost every single game. It's a little bit harder for my dad because he's still coaching high school, um, but my mom and grandma are at almost every single game, home or away, and. Sometimes they'll stay for Thursday through Sunday for both of our games. Sometimes they'll come back and forth. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed for how much they're able to travel and support me and my team. And just I get to spend a lot of time with them now, so it's been nice. 
Yeah, your dad, uh, I should just mention, you, your dad's probably been your coach for most of your, well, at least your high school career. I think I remember learning that your your mom coached you when you were younger. Basketball, obviously, just I'm sure you just lived basketball through the whole time. I've, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've, covered, I've covered Cotter basketball in Winona, so I know this, like, so Pat Boland's the coach there, and he's had, like, 17 daughters, and he's coached them all. So I've experienced like what a what a dad daughter relationship. I've I've talked a lot about that. How yeah. tough was that for you in high school? Just to have uh, you know dad and now dad's kind of far away, right? Like you you don't get that because I'm sure dad was able to come to your Iowa State game. So you kind of missed that this year. Yeah, I mean I would say it's honestly similar the amount of games that he came to last year versus this year because um, either they were driving or now they're flying to the games. Um, it's really more based on his schedule and his games that he couldn't make it to a game. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean. It's definitely tough when you're being coached by your parents because um, they're a lot harder on you and their expectations are just so high and everything just seems to end up being your fault one way or another. But it definitely grew me as a person and as a player, and it, it really helped develop my relationship with my dad that we still have to this day. And I know you get that question all the time. Do you ever ask Dad, hey, Dad, you heard my answer. It sounds like you were kind of a jerk to me all through high school and, and growing up. Does Dad ever go, man, you're really hard on me? <laughs> he does he does I mean he's pretty sarcastic so we can joke about it quite a bit but yeah I'm really grateful for it because it it taught me how to be tough and just how to play hard and and just play through everything be with Lexi Donarski she's the starting shooting guard for North Carolina she's an Alaska native went to went to Aquinas High School last thing before I let you go Lexi do we need to figure out an NIL deal for you do you have any and it's called name image and likeness it's kind of another thing that you get to experience that a lot of college athletes haven't gotten to experience I think that switchover came during your your college career right NIL deals you guys were able to do that yeah I think it was my sophomore year when that rule passed is that something you've dived into? Have you gotten to experience that yet? Not really a ton. I did some things last year and while I was in Iowa, but I haven't really been doing all that much with it since I moved. All right. Do I need to help help this along? Like, do I need to bring up the fact that you shut down Caitlin Clark and uh, maybe some kind of like business that talks about defense or has a D in its name and they can bring Lexi, the, the you know, the, the capital D in defense uh, on as an NIL deal? Will that help? Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so w- what are the uh, expectations here for you guys going uh, into the NCAAs at the end of the year here? Yeah, you- the ACC is a really tough conference, so we just got to try to stack as many wins as we can. We got a big one coming up this weekend, and we just really got to take it one game at a time because – Every team is so good. Oh, you're giving uh, me you're giving me one game at a time. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna keep going. I don't want that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the hundred ten percent one game at a time. Oh, last thing. Oh, last. This is the real last thing. I know you. We talk about your family and and your mom and your grandma get to come to the games all the time. And I'm sure your mom and your grandma are your biggest fans. Are also your teammates? Is your mom and your grandma your teammates' biggest fans? Like reverse? Like they're your favorite fans to come to the games because grandma hooks up your team with baked goods? Oh yeah, definitely. Grandma's definitely team favorite and. Famous for her caramel brownies that she brings most of the times that she comes and visits. It's a question I get asked whenever they find out grandma's coming. Ooh, did she make brownies? <laughs> Every single time. So how does this work? Because you have a lot of players on the team. Does grandma bring like a giant thing of, of, of like a duffel bag of brownies on the plane? Or do you, do they get an Airbnb and just maybe you should have the team <laughs> over to an Airbnb in like pregame and everyone makes brownies with grandma. I feel like that should be a thing. Yeah, that might be a good idea. There's, there's 15 of us, so... She just brings a, a little bin of them, and, yeah, I'll bring them so for us to have after a game. 
do you hide any? You're like, there's 15 of us. You all get 15, and then like Lexi gets 15 for her dorm or for her apartment. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes she makes a, a separate bin for me to keep at home. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Lexi, I really appreciate you coming on and and have fun at Duke. I, I say have fun because I feel like all of the stuff you just got to take it in and have fun with it. Yeah, thank you. All right, good luck. See ya. All right, that was Lexi Donarski, shooting guard, North Carolina. She is the one that shuts down Caitlin Clark. She has done that, and I I so want to see her play against Caitlin Clark in the NCAA tournament. That would be pretty amazing. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom in the studio with me now is Wisdom's very own Brad Williams. I guess we're both Wisdom's very own. We, so we are very. <laughs> you're more you're more very, very own. own Wisdom than I am because uh, yeah, you've been yeah. here uh, seventeen years. <laughs> Long time. Decades, I think. Uh, <laughs> no, not thirty. Well, if, thirty years. Yeah. Thirty-one. Is it? Did, did you? I got, the, I got the. I got the thirty-five year. Oh, Mark. You got the thirty-five this, pin. This past. Uh, well, they don't give a pin for it anymore. Oh, I got yeah. gift cards. Oh, well, that's, I, I got, that's, that's better than a pin. Yeah, especially <laughs> the amount of money they gave you. <laughs> it's like, I won't say how much. But um. Oh, wow. It's, okay, it's, well. It's more than $20. <laughs> Let's put it that way. All right, so Brad talked to the lacrosse school board president, Annie Bauman, yesterday. So I wanted to bring him on to kind of like, I want to I want to vent this. And I can vent it to you, and then we can talk about whether or not this is right, but what we learned yesterday is the school board is no longer going to close two elementaries they, they or any elementary. Going on, there's this uh, study committee, and they had meetings, uh, you know, hearings around the district, and had come. It had come down to, well, we're probably going to have to close one or two schools yep. at the end of this year because of declining enrollment, that, that sort of thing. And now they have uh, come to a position of. Well, let's not close any schools just yet, but what we want to do is maybe put up a referendum, which would be one of two choices, which would involve putting up a new building that would inc- it would combine the enrollments of two existing schools. Okay, so a referendum, a, a similar, so right. similar to the high school referendum. The one we did a couple of years ago that was $192 million. It was 192 Okay, I've been saying 174 but... Am I wrong? It was uh, it, it was close to two hundred million. It was okay. So a couple of years ago, we we put on the ballot and voters voted down like seventy percent. Right? Yeah, it, this this is the one that was going to combine Logan and Central yeah. into one. So there was a couple of negative, and and there was a survey that went out before that that was really kind of like mm, it doesn't seem like, and I think the I think the school district convinced itself that the survey was fifty fifty enough so to put it on mm-hmm. the ballot to see how voters would feel, but I feel like that was just the worst time in history of mankind because of a COVID pandemic that we're going to put a $200 million expense on the ballot for you to vote for. And also you're taking away our history as a lacrosse native, you know, people who went to central and and Logan, you're going to take away our high schools and combine them into one. And, and just so there's so many negative connotations of that. So the voters voted that down. Yeah, that has been, uh, that is a significant, you know, factor to being in lacrosse. If you go to the public schools, you've got, a north side school and a south side yeah. school. And it's been that way, you want to say forever, but, you know, very yeah. long time. Yeah, it's and it's that rivalry I think a lot of people appreciate. Oddly enough, covering sports in Winona, yeah. Cotter and, and Winona High, when I was there for eight years, never, they'd barely, they played each other in tennis and maybe they were at a cross country a track meet. It was just a thing that they didn't do. It was a lot of stories about like, why don't you guys play each other? It doesn't make any sense. But Central and Logan, obviously in the same conference. So we, you would miss that piece of history, that in, intra city rivalry. 
Um, but now we're going, we're possibly going back to the idea of putting a referendum on on a building, putting a referendum that could lead to a building. Okay. Now, there, there are two options uh, that uh, emerged from that. They had a four-hour meeting on Monday yeah. night. When uh, we be- talk about because they were uh, the the idea is that they said a few weeks ago. We would like by February nineteenth to make a decision on what buildings to close, but uh, but they are looking at eleven different options, and then they dropped it down to five. And, and then they added a couple. And, I think it got back up to seven this, or eight. At this point, uh, what they are looking at, which could go on a referendum November, it depends. They're going to talk about it a few more weeks. Yeah, is uh, one option. Both of these would include Spence School. Okay, Let's put it that way. First option. And Spence is on the south side. On the south side, okay. far south side, uh, near near train. Well, let's let's just break this down. First of all, for eight months, a facilities advisory committee was yes. created, and they met once a month for eight months, mm-hmm. and they came up with a plan to close Northwoods and Hinchin, a north and south right. elementary school, and consolidate based on multiple, I think, six or seven different factors. Uh, a lot of factors that I feel like anyone that's just looking at general numbers. Like bus routes and the cost of bus routes is bus one routes. of those factors that you just don't take into account. In a lot of cases, it's the age of the building involved. That's not a case with North Woods because that was just built 30 years yeah. ago. Yeah, age of the building, uh, amount of work that needs to be done to the building. But, you know, the other things that the advisory committee would look at is where the kids live around right. the school, where the residential area is, how far the kids got to travel. Again, the bus routes and and just so a lot of different factors. And they came to this conclusion and they did all this work, and then we had two public hearings, right? One online, back to back days. We had a public hearing, a couple of public hearings on it, as special right. public hearings, just on, hey, this is the plan. Yes. Do you like it or not? And what what I think is funny about the public hearings is nobody's coming to the public hearings really and going, yeah, close my close Hinchin, just shut it down. Like maybe a couple of people will say this is the reason why we should close Hinchin, right. but they're more because I don't want this other school to close. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I live by Northwoods. I don't want this other school to close because this is my school. I don't want school. Emerson to close. It right. Like go over that one. Yeah. And, and so like, you're only going to hear the negatives on that. And I feel like that, you know, if you show up to these meetings, maybe your, your, your sole opinion, your solo opinion will sway this a little bit. And it looks like enough opinions did sway the school board into going, yeah, Maybe we shouldn't close. Uh, maybe we shouldn't go with this committee that met for eight months. And they kind of threw that that plan out the door. Uh, well, yeah. So uh, the the two paths that uh, Annie Bauman talked about that uh, are earned uh, consideration now. Path A would uh, combine the Emerson and Spence students, and they would put a new building at the site of the Hogan administration building. Yeah. Yeah. Down, down near Jackson. Street. Okay, so are we tearing down Hogan? Do we know that? I don't know Hard that it would say. tear okay. down because they've got a good deal of space where they could put up a new building okay. without tearing okay, down. Okay, so Hogan. we would build a new elementary school at the Hogan site. Which would combine Emerson and Spence. Yep. The second one is something that would be built where Spence is now. Okay. And that would in, in that would combine Spence and Hinchin. And possibly either we're renovating Spence or we're tearing it down either and building it. renovating in. or... or uh, uh, building a new one. All right, and this is just okay. So when we talk about school board elections, and only three people, only two people ran only, for three only wide two open people seats. People are running right now on the ballot yeah. for three seats, and this so, is why so it looks like somebody is going to be uh, a right uh, winner. Well, what depending I, what on I'm, how it goes in well, April. What I'm getting at is the the school board met for 
four hours and talked about this on Monday. So the the idea that, you know, like school board is, this is a a daunting task to be on the lacrosse school board. And these decisions are are tough. The the next thing with that is, is this school board, the current makeup of the school board, are they pushing this off to the next school board? Like we don't want to make a decision on this. We're going to put it to the voters. We're going to put it to a, a referendum in November, possibly. And then we don't have to be responsible for closing a school. We almost have to make the voters responsible for closing well, a school. Well, I haven't heard anybody say that. Right. Well, that's that no. This be, is that's you're what you're hearing. They're thinking you're is. hearing me say it right yeah. now. Is this is this is kind of like my inner thoughts? Is that be- what's going on here? Were, you know, you were mentioning that the three uh, seats that are up in the April election, those three people are leaving the board. We have two new candidates yeah. who are on the ballot, and whoever else gets elected. I will say. Dr. Aaron Engel, the superintendent, did say if we just went by the past couple of elections, the writing candidate for the school board would be Donald Trump. Right. Just so <laughs> just so anyone knows. But that's what I'm saying is like, are they trying to push off this decision? Uh, school board president and two other you know people leaving the school board. We don't have you know. I feel like just we're we're pushing the we're we're kicking the can. We've made fun of that analogy, but well, we're that, kind of that's kicking. what people uh, talk about in this community. It's like uh, we take our time to make decisions, mm-hmm. uh, important decisions on yeah. things like this. Yeah, and, so, the, and the school district and is the trying is, to be well, more Well, the school, school board, we have a school board election every year. We have three seats that are up. Yeah. So that's that's part of it. At least in, in the case of the school board, people have a chance every year to make a decision on who's going to sit there. My, my other half of this thought is I th- maybe it's a good thing that we put it to – a referendum because then we can, then the public can vote on, you know, do you want this plan where we consolidate these two elementary schools? Because the alternative is the school board makes the decision and, and maybe people feel like the school board isn't representative of right. what the public is and, saying. And we've been through that a few times in, right. in the last few decades where the, um, where people in the community didn't like a decision made by the school board and we had recall elections. Yeah. But the, it's ironic though, because people weren't happy that the school board put on the ballot to build a new high school. Right. Even though you get to vote on that, like we gave you the choice and you got to vote on that. So now instead of making the decision to close, you know, if you went to, with the facility advisory committee, uh, the decision to close Hinchin and Northwoods, because that was what these people studied for eight months, and that was kind of right. the best decision. And now Northwoods is out of the uh, yeah is, is oh. not involved in either one of these. Yeah, so Northwoods won't be closed. That's and maybe you know if you just look at it, it's but the reason Northwoods was going to be the one that's closed. No kids live by it. It's uh, everybody has to be bus there essentially. Right, it's just off Highway B. Yeah, um, but it is kind of funny. Like, okay, well now we're going to put it back to the voters. I guess you know you just kind of like you could co- approach it a couple of different ways. The school board is pushing you know, this off to the next school board so they don't have to take responsibility or they're pushing it to the public so the public is responsible for how do we... But the general idea here is we have to close some elementary schools or at least one. That's eventually, it looks like that's going to happen. Yeah. But at this this point, they're seeing, well, maybe this is a way that we can avoid closing a school for right now and yeah. maybe build a better school than these kids are going to right now because most of the schools we are talking about date back to let's say the 60s the 50s even earlier than that yeah i mean well look at lincoln the lincoln which is closed now mm-hmm. on 100 years old yeah and you know people felt like the school board did that in and i don't know if it's in haste but did that rather quickly they it was on the agenda they closed it, it and it was it would, yeah it that that didn't uh, seem to take as long as this process is yeah so yeah if nothing else they're really extending the process Right. Um, so in two weeks, the school board will be, meet again in, on a, well, less than two weeks now. 
on Monday. And I wonder at what point do we get a price tag for it'll probably be months and months before we even like what a what a referendum. I suppose it can't be that long. She said by April we'll have to have a decision on that's, on what that's would pretty much is that they, they hope by April to know what they're going to have on a November referendum if we have one. Yeah, so in two months, we should get a price tag on possibly what it would cost to build a new elementary school. Right. Okay. All right, that's Brad Williams. Thanks, Brad. For, yeah. And, and uh, that story's at wisdomnews.com. If you want to you wanna check it out, we got to take a break. All right, that's going to wrap it up for a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to Lexi Donarski for joining from North Carolina, getting ready to play the Duke Blue Devils on Sunday, right before the Super Bowl. I think the game's at one. Um, just, the, just the the for for me, it's really cool the perspective, and I tried to put it into perspective for her, but I'm sure she thinks about it all the time. The rise of women's sports, the going to North Carolina, going to Cameron Indoor, the the pinnacle of college basketball, uh, going through COVID, losing a, a potential state championship, and also playing the most popular athlete in the u.s right now and the most popular female athlete in the u.s right now they're the same person which is kind of amazing as we head into the super bowl when like you know patrick mahomes is playing and uh just just a really cool time i think to be a female athlete in the u.s or just anywhere and i just learned she has another year of eligibility i did not know that i thought she was a senior and she was done so i'm gonna be writing about lexi donarski at north carolina for a while so um, that's going to wrap it up. If, uh, coming up tomorrow, I'm going to have judge Mark Huseman on. He is running for the lacrosse County. Uh, what is it? Branch four district. That's another one of those April elections. Uh, so he's on the ballot. Uh, one other person on the ballot, I forget their name off the top of my head, but, um, I'm going to have to have them on too down the road as well. So, uh, thanks everybody for listening. And after that, Oh, coming up Friday is exciting too. UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski, of course, as he comes on every Friday, but also Dr. Charles Franklin, the architect of the Marquette University Law School poll. He'll be on as well. That poll came out today. 